Here we go. Welcome to the Wabi Sabi Podcast. This is episode number 108. Oh, pardon me, 109. If I lose count sometimes, forgive me, I'm only human. That was the sound of my beloved grandparents' gong that was in front of their house in Japan for almost, I would say, about 80 years. Um... When my grandparents passed, my mom let me go to their house and gather some belongings. And she said, take whatever you want. And I took all of the cooking bowls and cups and whisks and matcha equipment. And then I have this beautiful gong that signifies the welcoming and the entryway to the portal of your new new year. And we'll talk a lot on how to be spiritually well in 2023. A lot of you ask about how to lose weight and how to get healthy. And we're going to intertwine all of these things into today's podcast. I also want us to remember um, episode 109 is focused more on the center of spirituality, which I hope everyone can seek and find in their life. It will look different for everyone and no one's belief system is better than anyone else's that's one of the first things to know in today's pod is sometimes we feel or see or believe that our values are more important than others when in actuality we live in a world where everyone should be equal and loved and Everyone should feel that they have a place in society, that they belong. And I'm referring to you, that you belong in this world. And if you're listening today's, to today's podcast, it's probably because there's a little hunch or bird or notion that is just in your ear telling you, like, it's time to find how to be right within. Spirituality has been a cash grab industry most recently, with many people claiming to have meditation schools or Buddhist practices, or even selling their former spiritual goals, or say they had a regiment that they followed, everybody is claiming that they are spiritually well and a spiritual practitioner. So how do you tell the difference between the real deal and somebody just looking for the cash grab or the clout or the fame? Well, the resume matters more than ever before. So if you want to be spiritually well, number one, you must come to the realization that everyone is everyone is entitled and, and able to be loved and be love and be the example that you wish to see in this world. But when it comes to following different practitioners, especially those lurking on social media, like Instagram and TikTok, be weary. Um, I spent a weekend uh, with my partner and Dr. Weil and his family and his very close friends over the past few days and he is a mentor to me and my colleagues and friends and mostly to my partner and I feel so lucky to be in his presence because he has a wisdom 
and he has grace that he possesses at his young age of 80. He has multiple degrees from Harvard. He has his MD. He has a school from the University of Arizona through Andrew Weil Center of Integrative Medicine. And I find that our society seems to throw away and trash the sometimes elderly population instead of embracing them like we do in Japanese culture. It is so important for us to take a deep breath, take a deep breath in, and take a deep breath out. How can we be better by loving on our elders and our wisest individuals, just like we do in Okinawa, Japan? They are seemed to almost be celebrities in their own town. How can we find the golden light between the cracks like Kintsugi and find out that the more hardship and the more years lived and the more struggles and obstacles in one's way, the more we can learn from that individual. Now, Andrew Weil also is a self-starter. He started his own practice and he wrote his own books and he delivered more integrative medicine in this world than most doctors ever will. He was one of the pioneers who did so. And I think that he's a great example for us to use when I talk about a real spiritual wellness practitioner. We can pray together or meditate together or go for a walk together or have tea together or talk or reminisce and laugh. But we're also talking about cocaine and about cocoa leaves or marijuana or even mushrooms and microdosing, whether it's matcha, tea, meals, Japan, you name it, onsen. We talk about it because there's so much to talk about in common, in tandem with my Japanese ancestors, my Buddhist ancestors, and where we're going today on this journey. So first and foremost, it's check your resources, look to somebody who's got a real resume with a real following, and go for it. Feel that when you feel the clout and the respect and the merit that another has earned and you can see it. There is a humble grace in that stardust and you will not feel it or see it unless you have a tried and true mentor in your life who is twice your age and has 200 times more experience than you. Those are the people that we should be looking up to. I also find it almost embarrassing that people are going for the cash grab in spirituality Unless you're Titnot Han or the Dalai Lama or perhaps someone, um, I would say, like Joseph Campbell um, or Jack Cornfield, There are many others. Tara Brach. I just would not proclaim that you are a public figure to be sought after as a high-end, well-known, well-respected wellness practitioner. I wouldn't even take the leap into this industry until you have proven your chops. I watched a recent interview with Brendan Fraser, who took decades off from being in the public eye for many personal reasons. And you can tell in his acceptance speeches, which I recommend you watch, you will find that he is having a spiritual and a devotionally life-changing transformation and experience right before our eyes. 
And it doesn't come from inner strength or courage necessarily. That comes from a thing called vulnerability, being really scared to tell your truth, being really scared to stand up and just be you and not give a fuck about anything else and making a return to the industry and seeing people much more experienced and older and wiser like Jennifer Coolidge and Michelle Yao and Brendan Fraser and that adorable kid from Goonies. Forgive me, I have to find his name. When you see, I think his name is Key. Um, when you see these people with their, oh my God, I'm getting this award and I am in my 60s or my 50s or I thought I was dead. I thought 25 years later, Key not only was the adorable little boy in Indiana Jones and the Goonies, but he worked with Spielberg and the best of the best early on. And so what was so heart-wrenching but also a heart-connecting experience was watching him on the Hollywood Reporter roundtables talk about how he thought his whole life and career were over right at the start. Because as a child, he was knocked it out of the park. And then after all these movies and the hype and all of that high wears off, he went into the trenches for 25 years of never acting. And to have a comeback like this and to be winning awards in his 50s you have to think, just like Brendan Fraser and Jennifer Coolidge, that if these artists, and that's what actors are, whether you want to argue with Hollywood or not, you know, you try doing what they do. <laughs> and I get, I bet you don't want to because I don't want to. I'm not an actor. But what I'm saying is, is it's like seeing somebody living their art form and we get to enjoy it and we're lucky enough to enjoy it. And that is their form of service. They're completely aware that they get paid loads of money for these particular outlets. But they, you can also tell there's a humility and a grace in these people. And so when you see the magic in an individual being very vulnerable and just just putting us all to tears, all three of those individuals made me cry this week. And not like a tiny little tear in my eye, like full on just flowing tears. When you see the humility of a person that you think is so bright and shiny and big and famous, and you see that they are just like you in the end, that is the kind of vulnerability that a spiritual practitioner who doesn't need anything but to just be themselves and to have that divine timing of when their success sort of is is showing that is the magic that I know that you understand as a spiritual being. We can hold on to the essence of vulnerability and put that bravery of coming back after being knocked down seven times and standing up eight. In the Japanese Proverbs, we say that and we have to remember it. I know that we want this a year as a year, a yin year, the year of the bunny. We want it to be a year of softening. And as we celebrate Chinese New Year and we go into this different era and we take a step into this gentle world, I want us to remember to be kind and soft and loving to one another this year. I know the world is unjust. It's not fair and it never will be. So when we do talk about Nepo babies or unjust things, you know, guys, it's always been like that the world has always played the cards 
um, of family and friends in your inner circle. And the world will never be a super fair place. Now we can look at every person as an individual and treat them the exact same and let the golden rule stand. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. And do not see a director or an executive producer any higher than the PA on set. That's a production assistant or even like the cleaning crew. Have the utmost grace and love and respect in the same manner that you would for yourself to each of these individuals. And love on people more. Open up your heart and remember that your belief system isn't the only one that stands. So when it comes to watching individuals these days, um, give praise to those who are doing good things. Like how Jamie Lee Curtis cheered on Michelle Yao when she won her award. Like that's fucking cool. I liked seeing that. And we need more solidified examples of that in this world. Because my God, do women get torn apart. It doesn't matter what other people say about you because the audience is always going to have a fucking opinion. And sometimes the opinion is great and other times it is just tragic. And you have to remember that nobody above you will ever speak down to you because they've got better shit to do. And nobody below you should dictate, should dictate what you're doing next in your life. I'll be the first person to admit, you know, when somebody doesn't text me back or when plans don't go my way or when somebody gives me a really weird vibe, I get really emotional these days. And I think it's because a lot of us have this heightened sense of empathy. And when we are tugged on, which I know you are because Wabi Sabi, we all listen to this podcast because we're cut from a similar cloth. And I think that you... And I can both agree that our feelings get hurt really easily. And maybe we take some things personal that we shouldn't. So this year, let's focus on one of those four agreements and remember that nothing, nothing, nothing that others do is about you. Don Miguel Ruiz goes into his book to say that even somebody as extreme as putting a gun to your head is not about you. Now, God forbid, I think that is such an extreme example but at least it's on the spectrum of just wildly extreme. And obviously we pray that that kind of situation doesn't happen, but I suppose the author wanted to give a visual of how severe that agreement actually is. Nothing is about you. So soften the corners, bring your mouth to a smile, soften the corners of your beautiful smile and just know it takes very minimal effort to smile and to tell yourself everything is so good right now. I'm good. You're good. If you have your health and you have things to be grateful and people that love you and people you get to love, how beautiful is that experience? I've said it on this pod a million and one times and no, my life is not perfect. Most of the time it's fucked. And, you know, that's sort of the wabi-sabi in the gist of this. When things are good, like I had a great convo. I'm working with three amazing artists right now on a new show idea. Two of them were on Glee and they are darling. And then one of them is their partner and he is fabulous. They've all been on Broadway. They've had some Tony nominations or awards given to them. 
and they are true performers. So I'm excited to share because after having convos with them, my heart fills with gratitude and love. And just like the way that we speak to each other with the utmost respect in knowing how hard showbiz is, is an incredible practice and exercise for all of us to collectively see just because you've got one big hit show doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna just keep flowing for you. I mean, that was a big reason why Jennifer Coolidge and her speeches recently were so touching is because she says, you think it's over when you're old, like it ain't over till you're dead. And that is what we should be focusing on is living in that present moment, which leads me to another point on spiritual wellness. You can't be a true spiritual practitioner if you're not living in the present and you're constantly fiending off of the future or you're mooching off of others or you are consistently a beggar. Now, Eckhart Tolle reminds us that anybody that is flaunting their body, their lifestyle, their money, their fame is truly a beggar in the eyes of spiritual spirituality. I mean, that's just not a practice that you would like to showcase to others. It seems almost like tasteless, especially these days. Tone deaf is another way to put it. So again, we want to be really mindful of the world around us and the ideas, thoughts, beliefs, and just content that you are putting out there. So I would like to read a little bit from a book called Being Peace by Titnot Han. And he speaks about becoming one with a person and how that is spirituality. Here's what he says on page 34. The Buddha had a special way of helping us to understand the object of our perception. He said that in order to understand that you have to be one with what you want to understand. This is doable. About 15 years ago, I used to help a committee of orphans and victims of war in Vietnam. God bless him. From Vietnam, they sent out applications on one sheet of paper with one small picture of a child in the corner, telling the name, the age, and the conditions of the orphan. We were supposed to translate it from Vietnamese to French, English, Dutch, or German in order to seek a sponsor so that the child would have food to eat and books for school and be put in the care of an aunt or uncle or grandparent. Then the committee would send the money to the family member and help to take care of the child. Each day, as Titnot Han says, I helped to translate about 30 applications into French. The way that I did it was to look at the picture of the child. I didn't read the application. I just took time to look at the picture of the child. Usually after only 30 or 40 seconds, I became one with the child. I don't know how or why, but it was always like that. And then I would pick up the pen and translate the words from the application onto another sheet. And afterwards, I realized that it was not me who had translated the application. It was the child and me who had become one. Looking at his face or her face, I got motivated and I became him and he became me. And together we did the translation. It's very natural. You don't have to practice a lot of meditation to be able to do that. You just look, you allow yourself to be, 
and then you lose yourself in the child and the child in you. This is one example that illustrates the way of perception recommended by Buddha. In order to understand something, you will have to be one with that something. Now, I found that to be a profound piece. Every night, I try to read something to offset the tone of my day and try to live in the practice of being better. And even if it's just like 10% better or learning something that makes me say, wow, like that is beautiful. I oftentimes look at the individuals that I work with and I tell them thank you. And I say it with the utmost grace that I can't do it without your help and that you and I or we are a team and I would love to work with you and have each other have each other complete our sentences and catch each other when we fall. And I often look at people with the kindest eyes I possibly could have and say, I can see me in others. Like just listening to Brendan Fraser tremble when he gave his speeches, he touched my heart so profoundly because there was so much fear and so much humility and so much grace coming from this one man. And you know what? If you are one with the earth and you are present with the times and you see other people and you practice mindfulness, breathing and meditation, you will find yourself getting caught up with the right people at the right time. There's a lot of petty shit out in the world, and we know that, right? All you have to do is click on the Daily Mail. <laughs> um, but in Buddhism, we also say that like a pinch of salt in the ocean won't affect a thing. So when we have a petty mishap or a bad moment, a bad day, an outburst, you were hangry, whatever, whatever it was. It's okay. Like, don't beat yourself up over it. But I think that there are many individuals that are just clueless when it comes to being mindful of others, being graceful, and being really self-aware. We've talked about that a lot over the last three podcasts because I've become more, um, maybe like all of my screws are tight right now and I'm just on. (laughs) It could be because I I don't party or drink or do drugs that much or ever or, you know, I did formerly. But what I'm trying to say is like I'm squeaky clean right now. I'm getting into book preparation mode. I'll have to rehire my publicist, which just so you guys know, for reference, I only do for about four or five months around a book launch because it's all I can afford. I save up every penny. I don't get paid a lot for my books, which is, I suppose, a a little sad, but true. I mean, the industry tends to flock to individuals who are incessant about posting over and 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 and psychotically and narcissistically and over and over. And I just don't give a shit about that. I'd rather play with a cat or have a bath or go drink tequila with my girlfriends. I contradict myself all the time. I don't drink, but I do when it's the right time. 
Um, I will see my friends this week in New York, which thank God they're flying in. And that's what good friends do. And we will celebrate the new year and the lunar new year and the year of the rabbit together. So I encourage you to raise a glass to your friends this week and your loved ones and pay gratitude to them. Take them out to dinner, bring them out to drinks, write them a card, give them a note, send them a surprise text. Whatever you do, don't forget to keep cheering on your besties. Because to see Jamie Lee Curtis do it at her age for one of her girlfriends and colleagues shows that flowers bloom together. They do not get jealous of one another and there is plenty of room for success for everyone. Don't you forget it. I know you're discouraged. I know it sucks. I know it's so fucking blazing. Just like, it's like a fire of just so many people on the landscape, whether it's wellness, food, beauty, fitness, you know, acting, producing, directing, writing, editing. I don't care what you're doing right now. It is so fucking oversaturated. And I think the pendulum will swing the other direction very soon where it will weed out those who do not have the resume, who don't have the experience, who don't know how to cook in front of a crowd. Uh, you have no you have no idea how many people are out there that have cookbooks that don't actually cook, which is so disappointing to my heart and my gut and to every child that paid their way through culinary school, through restaurants, through cooking on the line. I mean, I have scars on my arms still from the burns of baking class and cooking and and there was a it was a ladle I had to use so often at Roy's, a Japanese Hawaiian restaurant I used to work at as a kid. And I, I had scars on my hands from that one ladle because the practice and art of culinary is with all senses. And when you're really in it, you don't even think twice about anything. You're just in it and you're so laser focused on getting the meals in and out like clockwork. Hot food is hot food. It's, you know um a la carte or as in we used to say a la minute like to the minute so when you learn more about the art and craft of what somebody is just so devoutly devout about it I mean I'm 20 years in on my craft and I still have a long ways to go 20 years that's that ain't shit compared to the people that are way beyond me and I take my hat off to them. I give them respect. I give them the merit, the clout, and the love and kindness that they so deserve for coming before us. And I hope that we can all do that too. Because good spiritual practitioners know, don't talk shit on other people that came before you who paid the way for you. Don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Know your time will come. It will come in divine timing. And know that the right people are coming your way right now with the right opportunities you just have to open the door be ready and available and be present take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out now in spirituality the word cash grab or the two words have come up quite a bit I think any individual who's asking you for a handout in trade for anything to do with religion or spirituality you should question Sure, if you're going on a trip to Nepal or Bhutan or, you know, say you're going to um, a beautiful monastery over in Florence or you're staying at a temple over in Shikoku, you're going to have to pay for those kinds of trips. 
and there is a fee to have the monks cook for you or to go to the chanting in the morning there it's just included in the bill but i'm talking about when a buddhist teacher quote unquote says that you got to pay him like $800 for a meditation class you know that that's all well and good but I know real Buddhist reverends and monks who do not charge those kinds of astronomical fees because guess what guys Buddhism is free and it's available to you right now and it's available to everyone having a clear mind And starting to learn deep breathing and meditation is free. And you don't need anybody to get you started. You don't need to pay one dime to get that going. Being a good wellness practitioner and a good spiritual practitioner is free. And you don't need to follow anyone. You don't need to follow their rules. You just have to know maybe the four agreements is a good book to start. Being peace is a good book to start on. And you should know the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. These are simple things that I'll talk about in my book that comes out in April. And the good news with this one is it's an Audible original. So you can even get Audible for 30 days for free and get my book for free this year. And that is the truth. We wanted this book to be wild and fucking crazy. I don't know anybody who has a book that talks about you know, the Rolodex of men, the the ex-boyfriend that was an addict, like an opioid addict, and like making it in New York, having massive anxiety and crazy amounts of financial stress, and then talking about the anecdotes that I used from my past Buddhist mom and Christian dad to get myself out of a hot mess. I was going to say I don't know any Buddhist Christian individual who's you know, going to put cocaine and the Buddha in the same book. But I would because I find I hate this, but I also don't hate it. But I'm trying to wrap my head around like how to be a better practitioner in wellness. And sometimes you have to be part of the zeitgeist in order to create the world you wish to see. So each of you that are going through your struggle right now, and I think you need to hear this right now. All of the shit things that you went through that were not fair, that were unjust, and that just totally fucked your life. Those are the things that will make you a better person. And until you learn that concept of kintsugi, the art of golden repair in Japanese, and until you pay an homage to the Japanese who created a lot of these terms, or until you do deep reading on the Buddha and Bodhisattva and where these terms came from. They are not yours to take or to borrow. They are yours to learn and to grow and to be kind and to be generous and to be humbled by. And those things, my friend, are so much deeper than the fucking excrement, extra, however the fuck it's saying, shit. The same shit that's out there. The plastic faces and butts, the weird surgeries, the fucking face. Like, don't worry about all that. Because guess what? In due time, the mummy ends up, you know, preserving in a very interesting way. I mean, it's just the, the corpse of a person is like a shell. And it may exist on the planet after one passes on. But the exterior of a person is 
not what's important. And I know you've heard that term since you were a little kid, but your mom was right. It's the inside, the heart, the character, the mind and the spirit that are really fucking important. So why are we not talking about that from a free and available standpoint? Remember that answering machine that would go, Hello, nobody is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the beep. Beep. And my mom and I made up this weird term after the answering machine called, Oh yeah, free and available. We used to say it all the time to each other. Oh yeah, free and available. I don't know why. We were very weird. But being weird, as you know, means the etymology is you are in control of your destiny. That's why you see Trevor Noah or Chelsea Handler or Chris Rock or, I don't know, even watching Conan and Ice Cube together on a ride-along. It's the fucking funniest thing ever. Because usually and typically when a comedian, a good one, is laying out jokes, they're creative, they're original, and they have a sense of weirdness or vulnerability around them. But also the truth. I highly recommend that you do a deep dive on who is truthful and who is all exterior extra, excrement, excrement. That means shit. Who's the exterior bullshit? And just unfollow, go through your phone and unfollow the exterior fluff. Because my friends, the cream does rise. And when it does, you will be totally fucking ready and prepared to take on your career your life and you'll be that little 10% better that I talked about earlier. Spiritual wellness shouldn't be judged. It shouldn't be labeled. It's not dogmatic. There are no rules to follow and there should never be judgment from other people. Like I know I have work to do because I'm a piece of shit sometimes and I go off on these, you know, tangents on the pod and I just, I want you guys to know that it's very real. That is a train of thought that I am sharing with you in vulnerability. This practice that I do with you every week is, I will admit, some days I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to fucking do this today. I want to sit around and eat a bunch of chocolate and pita chips and eat chips and salsa and watch 90 Day Fiance and watch Angela and Michael because they're a hot mess and it makes me kind of feel good about myself. (laughs) Great job, TLC. But really, I feel that many of us, um, maybe in our former lives or the same one, we might have drank, drunk, snorted, taken, you know, whatever it is that someone's handing out at a party, slept with a bunch of people to just ease the pain away and done these things that we now look at and we're like, oh, wow, there really was a void or an unfulfilled part of myself that I now see is filled. And so if you are in a position where you're over those things, or you're in the middle of it, or you're at the beginning stages of just trying to get help, like definitely seek professional help and ask a therapist or maybe a loved one to help you out. It's okay to have erratic and addictive personality or to sometimes go down a dark hole. Um, Boy, have I been there. And I live to tell the story of 
how to really navigate this world that we live in, especially when it is cruel and evil. And I thank God for the hardships because they make you a better person. Don't take advice from people that don't have hardship. It's nice that some people were handed, you know, success. Maybe that's family or money or investors, but I, I really admire the people that like did it on their own and they live to tell us the story of how they did it because they're living proof that you, you can do it too. And that's why I don't want you to compare and I don't want you to give up. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. When I study with the monks in the mountains, how I have done for almost 10 years now, I have found that they help to cleanse my mind and body of the shit that I picked up along my path. So I held on to baggage. I held on to old flames. I held on to words that people said to me. I held on to things people did to me behind my back. I held on to the losses. I held on to the lies that people told me that I believed. And I held on to the grievances that came and went. And what a burden I put on myself. And it wasn't until I saw a healer. After I started doing interviews with the survivors of Nagasaki... And she said, oh my God, you've been holding on to, I mean, God knows how much for 20 years. Do you know that you can let this go? And I didn't is the answer. The monks were like this. And they weren't just in Japan. They were in Florence too. That's the beginning of my journey on getting to know them and sharing a bit of their work. Um, Just because it makes me so happy and I'm passionate about sharing their love. They know that bad things happen and they happen to good people and they're praying because they are aware that this world is full of both dark and light and that's why they pray for you and rest assured they're on the other side of the world somewhere praying for you right now so with that said why would you want to live a destructive life you know like you don't have to be perfect being well doesn't mean you're goody two-shoes I hate that it's sort of like this weird parallel that people think that if you're well that you're really good but you know you can find a muscly man or woman on the internet giving fake fitness advice and trying to take money from you like a scam artist cash grab every fucking day and I'm not sure why you give them time or why you are believing them and that will lead me into like what to do for your body and mind this year I'm always concerned about the human spirit the most because to have a clean and beautiful spirit 
it's important to have like good thoughts and to do good things for others selflessly, to tell someone they're doing a great job, to tell someone you're thinking about them, to tell somebody you're beautiful inside and out, or I love your work, or I'm so happy to meet you in person. You're even more beautiful in person. And that is important. To meet an individual that you so admire in person one day, like I did with Dr. Weil, I feel profoundly lucky. I used to study his work when I was writing at Men's Health like 12 years ago, and I had no other doctor that I trusted more. And who would have thought that we would cross paths so closely as friends just 12 years later? I don't know if that's manifestation or the human spirit intertwining with one another, but you have to pay attention to the signs that are coming into your life. And both he and I agree, we never, ever got into this business for money or financial gain or monetization of any form other than helping other people to be well. So look at the people that you're following and if they're charging you a premium or they're photoshopping or they're selling you goddamn shit you don't need, (sighs) Lord help us. Okay, so... For your body, you got to move every day, guys. So commit to your workout this year. I love a good rinse and cleanse. And I feel like when I do yoga, like hot yoga, I feel very good after class. Like everything was just wrung out. So I know that um, some people do like moto yoga or core power, but find what works for you. You could virtually just blast the heat in your apartment and take a yoga glow class on your mat and find what works for you. Um, But I do suggest I started going back to bar method. And I did realize that it's a great exercise for the butt and the thighs. And I really feel strong and toned and lean. And It's not about the exterior. It's about getting the endorphins from working out, getting the blood flowing, the circulation, and feeling really fucking good. It's a side effect from moving your body. So pick something now and do it for the full month of January and tell me how you feel in the end. If you can absolutely cook your meals, wholesome meals with less oil, more olive oil, more flavorful food, like using miso paste, soy sauce, anything with koji, definitely try something new. And I always say this, but clean green eats, cook yourself sexy, clean green drinks, kintsugi wellness, pretty delicious. These are books that really have stood the test of time. I just had somebody the other day at Athletic Greens tell me that cook yourself sexy is on their rotation your hotation here we go of cooking I love that because I although the name is cringe and I would never have picked that title the men on the team did go figure um it's got fucking delicious recipes I mean I don't skimp on writing you the perfect foolproof recipe I also think it's important for you to make your own dressings and marinades this year here's an easy recipe olive oil, Dijon, a little touch of sea salt or soy sauce, touch of lemon. That's it. Best dressing ever. Men, 
you got to eat salad. Sorry, it doesn't have to be your full meal, but have a salad every day. Get rid of one of your meals that is over consumption of anything fried, processed, or brown and replace it with food of color. If it's a Caesar salad with kale, great. If it's a minestrone soup with extra veggies in it, great. Maybe it's a mac and cheese made with butternut squash this year. You can find that recipe on my website. Be really generous with vegetables and fruits. And guess what? Be grateful that you even have fresh produce. I am so grateful for that. Life is about eating in color like the rainbow. You are to drink plenty of water this year by squeezing lemon in it and drinking it every day. A lot of you guys ask me about my skincare routine. To be honest, it's really the vegetables and the fruit that I eat every day. I had a blueberry smoothie today with lemon and coconut and greens, a little spirulina. I had mushroom powder from Host Defense, Paul Stamets. I had... um, I had pita chips too. Here we go. I can't help it. They're so fucking good. There's a big bag at Costco. But I just have a little with salsa. It's my own little treat. (laughs) Um, I have like fish, salmon, always in the fridge or Branzino. And if you, you know, we're on a budget, legumes, beans, tofu, That stuff is powerful. Sweet potatoes, avocados, and if you go to the farmer's market, rest assured, bunches, I mean bunches of fresh kale and vegetables, lettuce, red leaf lettuce, it's only about two or three dollars a bunch. That is awesome. You can also boil eggs for breakfast and have like two hard-boiled eggs. You can put a couple of avocado slices on miso avocado toast. I've got that recipe online and in Kintsugi Wellness. And another one of my most popular recipes is the miso ramen that I make with Selena. It's spicy. It's umami laden. It's topped off with avocado and greens and togarashi. It is delicious and it's so easy. And the miso base, it's actually vegan um, if you want it to be with no egg. And it's fucking fabulous. I mean, changing the way that you look at food is nourishment only, not eating to feed your pain It's okay if you gain some weight during the pandemic or before, after. There's nothing that says you can't start over. And also, you know, if you're comfortable in your own skin the way you are, no one should judge you. Just make sure you're not harming yourself and you keep your health up. And if you eat healthy, you feel healthy and then your whole world will start to improve. So again, add miso, cook with olive oil, use lemon, drink water, Make delicious meals. If you want cheese, use a microplane and just grate off a tiny bit. All things in moderation, including the fucking big ass bag of Stacy's pita chips from Costco, is all good. I'm not going to fucking kill myself over, you know, the little things I love. I also order this place, Frozen Fruit Co. makes like this delicious frozen type of yogurt. Oh, it's so fucking good. But... In our culture, I think I'm going to start knocking off the like penalizing or I've never done the cheat day shit. I always wanted to say, fuck your cheat day, you dumb ass. Every day should be a cheat day. Every day you should do something that's a little naughty. I don't give a fuck what it is. 
Just keep it to yourself. And the other thing too is stop sharing so much with other people. You know, a little bit of mystery in life is so attractive. That's why Brad Pitt is so fucking hot. He's very private. And you know, everyone should look at life a little bit different when you only know little parts of someone's life. You don't need to know everything. Keep it to yourself. Be classy. Button up. Perform well when you are asked to for work. And when you are off camera and the lights go down and the curtain closes, see it as time to rejuvenate and to perpetually nourish your soul and spirit. And that's what wellness is. It's private. It's personal. You don't have to tell anyone about it. You can keep it between you and me. And I'm here for you. Take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. I hope that you guys found this podcast to be helpful for this juicy week. We'll be throwing a big ass party in New York on Friday. Wish me luck. I've got to host it. Please send some good vibes. (laughs) I get so nervous because it's been so long since I've thrown a party because of the pandemic, but I could not be more honored to host Yayoi Kusama's art, a Japanese prolific female artist with Louis Vuitton. I think it's so important that we embrace the women who came before us, who paved the way, and know it was not easy for her. If you want a cool documentary on an artist, check out Yayoi Kusama's story on Netflix. She has a documentary that talks about how hard it was to get her own people in Japan to take her art so serious. And you know what the beauty in the end of this story is? The Western culture embraced her love and her profound artwork so deeply and wide all over Europe and the US that the Japanese caught wind and they finally treasured her by the end of her life. Now that's a woman who's a true artist. Don't forget to leave a five-star juicy review. I'm looking at ya. Karma. It's a juicy thing. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Sign up for the newsletter, and I will see you on the next Wabi Sabi podcast because I don't only hear you and love you, but I also see you. Hi. Domo. Janet.